welcome to the My Curious Colleague podcast with your host, me, Denise Veneri. We'll be talking all things consumer relations with a focus on consumer product goods organizations and the brand specialist and analyst roles and responsibilities. So if you like CPGs like I like CPGs, marketing, insights, and caring deeply for your consumers, well, take a listen. Hello, my curious colleagues. Today, my guest is my colleague, Tom Asher, VP of Global Support at Twist Bioscience. He's a longtime colleague and a wonderful addition to my series on the impact that direct consumer affairs experience has on one's career journey. Tom is, as I mentioned, the VP of Global Support at Twist. Twist is a biotech company that manufactures synthetic genes at scale for life sciences research. He oversees all global retention operations, including customer support and scientific technical support. Prior to Twist, Tom led support for another type of jeans company, pun intended, Levi Strauss and Company, as well as Sunrun, a solar energy provider. He also oversaw account management for Action App and Humash. Tom's a huge fan of SOCAP, the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals, where I got to meet Tom, and served for six years as an officer and then chairman on SOCAP's national board. He also served on the Northwest chapter and various SOCAP committees for the past 15, 15 years, no less. You're going to love Tom. He's got this West Coast sensibility to life as well as business, although he grew up on the East Coast out of uh, Massachusetts. And as you can see, he requested to have the podcast recorded outside where he is most relaxed. So for those of you who are watching this on video, it's a beautiful, beautiful setting there in uh, California where he lives. So listen in to my conversation with Tom Asher. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Denise. Appreciate you inviting me on your show. My curious colleague. Yeah. I've, I've listened to your podcast before and you do a terrific job interviewing people. So I'm honored that you've invited me. Oh my gosh, you're so sweet to say that and you're you're a big supporter and I appreciate that. I mean, ever since I met you 42 years ago at SOCOP conference, I thought, um, you know, this is a real leader. He's got a lot of heart um, and, and intelligence. So it's really been fun to watch you grow over, over the years. And um, so let's get this back to you and your career journey. Um, you know, I mentioned up front that you led this Levi Strauss consumer care business, excuse me, consumer care team for many years and was wondering what have you leveraged from that long tenure there uh, that you have perhaps brought over to some of these later roles? Yeah. Thanks for asking these. It's a, it's a great question. I think um, I subscribe ultimately to the servant leadership model. And I don't think I knew that that's what it was called many, many years ago. But later on, when I started reading, you know, more business literature and realizing like, oh, there's actually a model called that. But I've always just felt like I'm, I'm, I'm only as good as my team. And if they're doing well, I'll be doing well. And if they're not doing well, I'm not doing well. And so to me, I'm really there to, first of all, hire the right people, retain them and enable them and empower them to really just do a good job. And I feel like it's so important that people enjoy their work so many people are in ill-fitting jobs um, around the world, and that's really tragic. So really try to find people who we're hiring for a good cultural fit and make sure that once they're in the job, we can ideally customize their role a bit so that they're not just 
fitting into an org chart um, because there's usually so much work to go around that we can kind of load balance people to do different things that are really more playing to their strengths. So it's kind of their servant. Like I'm there to help make sure that they're being fulfilled professionally and growing. And, and that just gives me so much satisfaction to really operate that way versus being kind of a, a top-down model where I'm the boss and they're working for me. It's like, no, I, I work for you. And that's, you know, that's just a very satisfying day-to-day existence for me to kind of operate from that mindset. So the, you were really ahead of the, ahead of your time with the servant leadership. Um, so this is something that you found that um, you brought into your other roles as well. Is it still happening now in terms of your approach? Absolutely. Yeah, I think I've just gotten more and more comfortable with it and embraced it so much more. And I know when I was interviewing for this role at, at Twist Bioscience, um, the hiring manager, who's, who's my boss now, the, the chief commercial officer, he and I started talking early on about the servant leadership model. We totally hit it off. And I realized he absolutely subscribed and embraced that philosophy, too. And I think that's why we connected so well. And I ultimately got hired as if we were aligned on that like core fundamental principle. And then I realized the whole company's like that. All mm. the executives literally embrace that same concept. They might use different language to articulate it, but even our CEO, Emily LaProuse, she'll talk about the same thing. Like, what can I do for you? Mm. And literally ask that during all hands meetings. So it's really, it's part of our culture and um, it just feels good to be in an environment that is a fit for me where I'm really aligned and um, I can really expand on that and, and really just continue to ensure that my team gets the right resources, has the right tools has the right backing just to help them be successful. And that's a challenge, right? As we all know, in the customer care function, it's so operational. There's so many day-to-day logistics that it's hard to actually deliver on that promise to get people the right tools, to get people the right resources, um, to make sure that we're not massively understaffed. Um, it's it's a tricky one, um, but I think that mentality and that approach has really worked well for me and given, you know, given me a, a chance to really build a strong team that enjoys working together. Yeah, love that. So I remember the day you told me this part. You said to me um, that you were taking this um, rotational assignment as director of both consumer affairs at Levi and consumer insights teams. And it was important to me because I was at the time leading the insights group over in consumer affairs for Campbell's. And so, you know, I had sort of a vested interest in how that those two were going to come together and wondering what did you, well, first question is remind me again, why you took the rotational assignment or were you voluntold? And uh, what did you learn about yourself during that time? I'm happy to share this week's show sponsor. Cubicle to CEO is one of my new favorite podcasts. Cubicle to CEO, led by Ellen Yin, is a mentorship-focused media company on a mission to make mentorship accessible to the masses so all women everywhere can pursue what's possible. Love that. In corporate America, Leadership Mentor helped me to quickly develop ways to level up my skill set for an upcoming promotion, so I am a mentorship believer. You know I started a personal brand and began podcasting last year, so I'm sharing this info about Cubicle to CEO with you because I only wish I had known back then about Ellen's weekly show and mentorship programs to guide and encourage me in those early kind of rough days. Her case studies, for example, are both inspirational and actionable. I recently listened to episode 143, which goes into the details of how the fabulous Dr. Tarika Barrett, the CEO of Girls Who Code, recently pivoted during the global pandemic and achieved enrollment increases from 
1,600 to 5,000 students. Girls Who Code, as you may know, is an international nonprofit organization working to close the gender gap in technology. Want to use the best income growth strategies from top entrepreneurs and CEOs, including Ellen herself? You can binge listen to past income reports on Cubicle to CEO today, plus receive free access to your first 10K month masterclass and a bonus workbook by going to our special link, zen.ai backslash curious CEO. That's zen, Z-E-N dot A-I backslash curious CEO. Oh, that's great questions. Uh, my boss at the time uh, was going on a year-long sabbatical, and he and I had a very close relationship, and we're still close. And he asked me, like, do you want to take over managing the what was really their market research function? It's a very distinct function from consumer affairs. Right. Uh, it was a kind of you ha- they happen to report it to him as well. And I said, sure, I'd be I'd be happy to. And I think the team at Levi's, the, the consumer affairs team, was running so smoothly that um, I was able to have enough bandwidth to, to take on another team. And it was uh, quite a different experience. Really strong team, really bright people, liked them personally. We got along great. But I realized after a year, like, this is really hard. And the people part wasn't hard, but it's just, I just didn't have the passion for full-time market research. Like, the work is just so different. It's not obviously part of consumer support. We do insights work. We pull data from our our, our CRM tool, we do reporting on customer insights, voice of customer, but this is hardcore quantitative market research as well as focus groups, like a whole different discipline. And I realized that um, it wasn't really my cup of tea. Although I really enjoyed the experience, what I got out of it was like, I really have a passion for serving others and customer care to me is kind of squarely in that camp. Like you were really, you're serving your team you're serving mm-hmm. customers, you're, you're serving internal stakeholders. It's really kind of the world of, of social work in a corporate setting, which is something that I almost went into um, out of college. So I realized it really reinforced, like I really like being in that kind of operational support role um, and less of kind of a very quantified and or quantitative and qualitative market research role. But it was a great assignment, um, but it helped me kind of reaffirm why I like the customer care world and the customer support world so much. Cool. You're, you're lucky to have that opportunity to learn about yourself. It's not like you always get that time. So um, I found that very cool. Yeah, that was really a blessing. You know, I understand one of your requirements when you're considering new roles um, is that the offer for the new role is contingent upon membership to SOCAP, the Society of Consumer Affairs Professionals. At first, when I remember hearing that from you, I thought, oh gosh, that could be alienating. And, you know, I got all nervous about it inside personally, but I know that you're a smart guy. So there must be a pretty good reason for making that request. Can you share that with us? Sure. Uh, I, SOCAP means a lot to me. I've learned so much from the organization my most of the skills I've developed from the support world are either learning them on the job or through my peers and mentors at SoCal, meeting them at conferences, on webinars, just the informal rapport I've built with them. And I feel like I can quote unquote phone a friend now and, and get advice or guidance when I'm stuck. I've always felt that way. And I realized, I don't know, three jobs ago that 
if I'm going to change jobs, I really want to, when I think when I was deciding to leave Levi's and move into this solar energy role, um, I, I made it clear during the interview, like there's this organization that's really important to me. And I'd like to ensure that as part of my offer, you're going to allow me to join them. It's a whopping $495 a year membership. And they're like, oh, that's fine. I said, but the other piece is I really want to be able to go to their conferences. They do conferences a year. They mean a lot to me and take time out to do their webinars and be involved at the local chapter level. And they're always like, absolutely, by all means, if it's that important to you. And mm. I said, I'd like our company to get involved too, but I want it in writing that it's part of my offer. I just don't want it verbal because I've heard from other SOCAPers that there was verbal commitments made during their interview process when they mentioned SOCAP in passing and the commitment wasn't followed through and honored. So um, I did that from then on and I, and I never had an issue. It wasn't that it was in writing. It's just, it was very clear to them that this is something that was really important to Tom and we're going to make that, you know, part of his experience at this new, in this new role. So I've told that to a few SOCAP people like, that's a really good idea. We should just do that on a regular basis. So it kind of became like a talking point at SOCAP, like make sure if you're changing jobs to get that yeah. commitment in writing that you can join. And it's, it's not that much money, but I think for some oh, managers and companies, they're just not necessarily comfortable with having people join professional associations or go to conferences on their own. And to me, it's just fundamental to my professional development to keep doing that. Yeah, I'm with you. And as much as I'm active and so supportive of consumer affairs, um, SOCAP's consumer affairs professional organization, I think that the message here is if you find find an industry group that you're passionate about and stick with it because the benefits uh, are, are so important. So I'm there. I'm there for it. Well, Tom, boy, this was quick. We're coming to the end of our podcast and wondering if you have a volunteer group that you'd like to give a shout out to? That would be SoCap. <laughs> ah, I didn't see that yeah, coming. Absolutely. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> absolutely. No, me? I think it's, you know, it's an all volunteer organization. Um, and it's a terrific way to make a difference in the world in so many ways through mentoring people, helping them move up through the ranks and really make a difference in the world. So um, I've spent so much time volunteering for SoCap. Um, I volunteered a lot for my kids' former schools on their board, but that's a very local organization. This is an organization that's it's ostensibly global, um, and I encourage yeah. anyone who's in the profession to get involved um, and make an impact. It's great for your professional development, and it helps make the world a better place by helping organizations build a better customer care, customer support experience. All right. It's official. I will be posting that on your LinkedIn post soon enough and uh, including the website. All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for sharing that surprise shout out to me. And I, I just want to double check that you're, you're on for staying on for the double secret bonus question, right? Absolutely. All right. And uh, audience will be back with uh, Tom's um, Tom's conversation on that later in, in the year. Um, but, but thank you, Tom, so much for taking time out of your, your Sunday to, to chat with me. Thank you, Denise. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you doing these podcasts and uh, giving people a chance to talk about uh, their passion. It's awesome. You do a great job. If you've learned even a kernel of an idea or was inspired by this episode, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to share out the hashtag CPGCX because CPGCX really and truly rocks. You have been listening to the My Curious Colleague podcast with Denise Veneering. Thank you for your time.